Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean, and my brother over here, his name is it, Fitz. Yeah, well, just in case, I, I forgot my name. <laughs> uh, but we're here live, guys. We've, uh, we've, we're, we're here to make another creative podcast for you today. I think today we're going to be talking a lot about how you can grow in your freelance career and how when you do that, you really need to have your whole ship kind of tight or things get out of control. And then um, how do you, you know, how do you have a win-win with a client? And then when something goes bad, how do you push it back to a win-win? Um, and then, yeah, at the end of this podcast, I think we'll kind of go over some interesting trends that I think uh, are kind of scary, but also really interesting. Just, you know, it also gives a cool tool for people out there that are creative to use to kind of know trends going forward. So that's what's in this episode. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That that was like um, a really good intro. I really liked it. Um the only downside, can you move the microphone just a tiny bit back? And then we should be good. It's, yeah. So for everyone who watches podcast, there was at least 20 minutes of us uh, having some microphone issues. So at any point in this, if I start to sound like a Klingon, Ooh, this is then everything's now. working perfectly then. Yeah. So let's, let's talk actually about that. Because like um, um, in a business, this is basically what, what we have to experience. You know, you do something repeatedly and there are sometimes things coming up that shouldn't come up or you, you think like you figured it out and there's like reoccurring issues, new issues. And that's like a thing where you have to push through. What is the um, tools and mindsets, how you deal with that? Because like you're more the frustrated guy when it comes to that. And I'm the relaxed guy. Well, I think I think you like to play the relaxed guy, but man, I'll tell you guys out there, when stuff hits the fan, you should see how Fitz <laughs> doesn't become the relaxed guy he likes to play on camera. But yes, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it can be frustrating, right? But it's just like you just show back up, right? You know, I think for me, I I, um, I get frustrated more at um, tools not working. I think you know that's the funniest thing is I, I actually have a, like a really big patience amount for people, clients, uh, other creatives. Um, but when tools start to fail, um, I used to get real mad. If, if, if you think like the grumpiness, um, that you, you get to see off scene on, on this podcast is bad. Oh my Lord. Eh? Back in the day, um, you know, especially when I was overworked, you know, when I worked at a, at a nine to five job and I was just go, 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 didn't even have time to take a lunch. And then I would get in in the morning and the web server wouldn't load. And so I couldn't access any of our files or take any invoices or anything. Oh man. Then you would see me just flip out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, so, you know, I, I think, you know, it's good to have you, you know, it's good to have always have a voice like yours. That's kind of, um, you know, a lot more loose about this a lot more like, it's okay. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just keep trying. And it's, it's okay. If that one sucked, the next one won't suck as bad. So I think yeah. it's also just having that approach. So how yeah. about you, man? When, when things go crazy, I know they do. I know you just recently had an equipment thing <laughs> go bad. Um, yeah. how do you react? How do you react? How do you recover from that? Oh, this is such a good segue. Man, you blew my mind right there. Um, first off, like for everybody who did not know, I had a very busy weekend. I had two weddings going on and I was like very excited, you know. They came out of nowhere, basically weeks, heads up. And I'm like, okay, we're rolling now with the punches and we just make it happen, you know. And basically on the first day before the other wedding, I had like a mechanical failure. So one of my clips basically let the very expensive lens drop so it's a g master 72 200 that lens runs you like um, two thousand five hundred dollars somewhere roundabout you know and i have it in a holster clip that i don't want to name the brands and whatever because they're actually like helping me really um with this thing and they're like let's let's send that thing in let's analyze it we pay for the lens and that's some good news right there so that made me happy wow, i have that's to great news yeah, so that's what I, what I call customer server uh, service because like I'm like, yeah, I could make a YouTube video about it and I'm just like, you know, and obviously that's not a win-win for everybody because like first off, I throw them under the bus. Overall, the product is great and there's a rare or slim chance that it happens, you know, and it's not like that it would happen to anybody, you know, all the time. So I'm like, yeah, I think that would be not fair for the company, I guess, you know, unless I can replicate the issue all the time. Basically, lens fall on the floor. Um, the class is fine. The electronics didn't work, so I couldn't use the lens on the gig anymore. And I'm just like, okay, we, we still have to shoot photos all night. So I'm like, got to do the photo thing with a different lens. Obviously, didn't phase me. I was a little bit upset, but I'm like fine with it. How would you have reacted, Sean? <laughs> well, first, on a low-paying gig. On a low-paying gig. 
<laughs> I don't think he was fine with it, ladies and gentlemen. But oh, I wasn't was. there. Well, he was all smiles and dandelions, I'm sure. But um, but uh, you know, I think it was interesting though. I think there's there's a really cool. Um, note to take in your story there, though, is in a time that we live in, a lot of people like to freak out, right? Everyone wants to, like, you know, go to war against people, right? When something goes wrong against them, they're just, I think people now more than ever feel like they have to kind of arm up. And so, yeah, like you said, in that case, you could have just made a really mad video that this brand sucks, don't buy their clips, clearly it's going to break your product, and you could have gone to war. But I love the idea that you, like, kind of took this this moment of peace and was like, well, let me reach out to them. Let me tell them what happened. And that's such great news that they're like, they're literally going to replace your your lens for you, um, that they're actually committed repair to cost. a repair <laughs> cost for it, um, you know, and so which is still hundreds of dollars, at least, if not a thousand dollars, you know, to Probably. do that. Um, you know, so, so that's really cool. I mean, I, I think that's a really cool thing. And I, you know what, I'm trying to do that better in my career of like, tr try not to have those freak out moments, right? Because when you, I've kind of said it before on this podcast, but I've called it protest behavior, right? Where you feel like someone slighted you. So now you're going to do something to slight them right back. And, and that's what creates yeah. this kind of lose, lose. And, and I love what you said right there of the win, win. I think, I think we always talk about win, wins in terms of when we're getting a new client, but like when something hits the fan, can you turn that? into a win-win and i think that was cool yeah also like on the second date uh, a day of the other wedding um i got like presented with another like weird scenario where i was like i mean like nothing was like going well on the weekend you could assume you know um but in the end because on a wedding there's the groom and the bride you know and they are splitting up and they only see each other on the wedding and you need like two people to you know like basically capture both sides of the the whole event i split my gear and i was like okay the second shooter basically has half of my gear and if i do a ceremony i have multi-camera set up um second shooter basically just arrived with the bride so that basically meant no setup time for the ceremony because the bride is basically ceremony starts when the bride shows up so it's like whew. and i'm like okay gotta roll with the punches and like you gotta be quick with your stuff and that means like you need to know what you're doing and how to set it up and i was like a little bit panicking but i was like overall i'm like i was fine but that is like a thing where i'm like setup times preparation having your um your to-do list basically ready is like very important and you kind of talked about it i think like two episodes ago that you kind of have to have like a to-do list or a checklist that you like know what to do in which order but you also have to understand like oh it has to be habit that you even if you don't have the stuff you still need to figure out how to make it happen yeah, hundred percent. And um, you know, just since you talked about a second shooter, another good thing of having a checklist is it just helps you communicate, right? Like you may yeah. know the full checklist, but if you have someone else that day that needs to randomly be as good as you, it's very good to hand them something. Here's the exact checklist. Here's exactly what you need to do. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm good. I'm glad you're starting to use a checklist and you're seeing that like checklists ninety percent of the time may not even be needed, but that ten percent of the time it's like pff, it's golden. It's like it's, yeah. it's your light light in the middle of the darkness. Yeah, and it can really save you in case like, you know, everything goes to according to plan. Then the checklist is very powerful because that's where you mm -hmm. kind of slack, you know, like you're, you're dialed in and you're like, oh, everything will just run as smooth, you know, because we've done that now. For example, with this podcast, we've done it like 40 times or so, 30 times. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 40. 40. I think it was like 43, really. Jeez. <laughs> half, half a hundred nearly. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on up, man, quickly. Yeah, but basically, like, you, when you become, like, um, experienced, you slack. And if you slack, you make mistakes mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have done earlier, you know? So it's kind of like a good reminder, like, oh, yeah, we should make a checkup. We should do this. We should make a checklist, even though we've done it, like, nearly half a hundred times, you know? And yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think we've we've seen, you know, you've definitely had enough projects um, to to know that like that there's parts in a project that that go well and parts in a project that go that go bad, right? And so the the parts where, which is usually the beginning of the project where it's going well, everyone's um, bright eyed, bushy tailed. You're you get to start with a clean slate and you move fast. You know, there at the beginning of almost any project, you actually tend to move really fast in the beginning, right? Because it seems yeah. like there's no obstacles really. Um, what checklists are good for is when stuff gets awkward. So, like, I've had a couple things recently. I'm kind of like you. I've kind of gotten a little overbooked the last few weeks. I've had some old projects now run into new project timelines. And 
what saved me is the checklists because I've had some projects get delayed to that awkward area. Um, a lot of web designers will know that area where you get to the 80% of it being done, but then that last 20%, either the client keeps wanting to change things or things aren't lining up on the code end or something, something's happening. It's like stopping you right in front of that finish line. Yeah. Um, uh, that's where that's when I forget stuff is at the very end of the website. That's when you forget the ADA compliance. That's when I forget to hook up Google Recapture. That's when you forget that the privacy and the terms of the website need to be written, and you need to create a sitemap and a sitemap.xml, and you forget all these little details because you're like the project's already over on, on the deadline. I'm frustrated. I want it to end. That's when things start to get forgotten. Is right when you start to get frustrated and you want it to end. That's when you're like your mind starts to be like, let's just delete out all that stuff and get. To to the finish line and and so the checklist for me has been great there where it's like nope you have this checklist remember these things before it launches and it's been so good because i i've i've had my butt my finger go to that button to be like launch launch and it's like nope you're not ready yet see the checklist yeah. says you're not ready yeah so so that is actually like a phenomenon where i'm dealing with and it's like okay quick done happy you know that's that's my I'm like get it out of your pipeline just get it done just upload it even if there's mm -hmm. a little mistake whatever you know that is obviously sometimes good and most of the time not good so it's like how do you step back and tell yourself no you know i'm just like let's let's think about this and you make the pain a little bit longer you know Mm -hmm. how do you motivate yourself to do this like push it another week back if you could just like ah lunch you know yeah yeah with that yeah no it's true i i'm struggling right now with the overbooked you know i think this is the part where a lot of freelancers get to where it's hard once you start just like having you know the deadline for something was two days ago and then another thing was yesterday and you have a deadline today and it's like this whole do i do it was two days late or do i do what's due today um do i try to get in front of it or do i try to keep playing you know and i think you know w with that it's i think I, I love your approach i think i think like listening to things that you've said has helped me of like you know, and just being honest with the situation, right? You're you're behind the ball. And like, I've had to tell yeah. myself that a couple of days. Like, Sean, if you were like caught up, yes, I would want to do it better. But you're not. Like, the reality of the situation is you have four projects that are behind the deadline. And this one's about to be behind the deadline. You're about to have five projects behind deadlines now. So yeah. we're not in the place of we're trying to get awards. We're not in the place of doing cutting edge. We're in the place now of, yeah, get it done, get it to finished, get it to launch. And, and so, so I think you have a really good approach to that with, with the whole, at least the idea of like, don't let good be the enemy of perfect. Yeah. You know, don't get something done because you want it to be perfect. Um, just get it done. It's done is better than perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> so on that note, like it's like, with having the checklist and you know like you you can actually put a lot of polish on something and i never know how much polish i should put on something you know usually i i feel like i'm a very guilt-driven person but i'm also like if i'm not guilt-driven boy oh boy you will get what you pay for <laughs> and i mean that literally <laughs> so if it's a budget project and i'm like okay I, I feel like i did more than i should you know but obviously as a customer you always want to have the best of the best and you want to be flash of like oh i just paid this and i got that wow you know and it's like kind of hard to do if you're like you know you're like sour you know what i mean so i i rather work yeah. out of like oh the client paid me so much i need to make this work you know versus like we created a win-win. Now it's like, you know, time to shine. Just like, let's say I work for exposure, for example. It's really hard if you just work for exposure to make something good, even though this could maybe lead to something else, you know, like let's say it's spec work. You know, like you make that banger website and you're just like, you have all the rights to the website and you can just showcase that um, to other clients, for example, as promotional material. And it's kind of like a win-win, but because it's on your terms, how much work do you put in and how do you motivate yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good point right there, right? Of, of you know, I think you have to have like your minimum level of, of quality, obviously. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I, I look at big businesses, right, where they, they, they kind of always talk about there's this minimum level that they're willing to hit, right? And so with pro bono um, work um, that you're, you're donating your time and stuff for exposure, you have to really put that in a budget. That's what I would tell people is don't let that become a runaway train. Um, yeah. So you only, you only have X amount of hours per month that you can donate. And, you know, so maybe it's five hours every week that you can be okay with not being paid for. 
Um, so yeah. 20 hours a month, but you have to quantify that. Um, you can definitely get caught in this place where you're just giving out all this work all over the place. And then you're getting so behind on the work you gave out, you're not even able to really capture the stuff you needed for the work, right? You, there's there's that risk that you're so behind, you don't even get the, the testimonials you need from the clients you got free stuff, or you didn't have enough time to make a banger portfolio piece from what you did for them. And so if you get caught in that, you're actually just creating subpar free stuff. And then you're not really able to celebrate the free stuff and you have no time. Um, so something that I've started to do is no free. That's kind of my newest thing. You get a discount if you're a friend. You never get free. Yeah. Um, because it, cause if it's free, like you said, there's no guilt. Why Why would I want to do it? Why? Are, how are you ever going to be a priority on my schedule if it's free? Yeah. Um, you're just not. It has to be some money. How about the trade services? Because like we're talking win-win and you know, like let's say you're a farmer, you produce a bunch of eggs, you know, and you want to have, I don't know, from the distiller, like a nice whiskey, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you quantify like a win-win situation with trading work or products? Yeah, I mean, yet again, it's just like budgeting it. What's that budget that you're willing to give, right? So if you're yeah. just like the farmer giving away his eggs, he'll only give you the eggs that he could give you. He would never give you the eggs that would hurt his business. He'll just give you the extra eggs on top. That's the idea of that is just like the whiskey distillery is not going to give like an entire huge thing of whiskey. They're just going to give a little bit off the top. So yeah, so it's the same for you, right? Don't don't you know, if you're, if you're able to have a trade, that's great, but you need to have that budgeted. Then you need to be like, I have 20 hours a month, which let's say your hourly rates, like 50 bucks, let's say to keep it easy, you know? So that's, yeah, I have a thousand dollars every month that I can donate to, to doing something. Yeah. So, so that's, that's my budget there. So I, I can get a thousand dollars in trade because it could work out for you. Right. If you get yeah. a guy like you're in Florida. So if you can get a guy that'll mow your lawn and stuff, if you just like, you know, update his website once a year or something. And so, and cause he has that, that budget. So it's like, so trade can work, but it has to, it has to be contained. I've seen a few people get on this runaway train where they have like four or five different things, especially in the nonprofit world. because they just want to do good that yeah. they're doing all these things and it's just no money's coming in. And then they're just overwhelmed. Um, they're working double to, to even get food on their own table. So it's very, it's, it's a, I would never do free though. Even in those cases, even if it's trade, I would say, I'll give you a steep discount and then we'll do the trade. Right. So give me yeah. a bottle of whiskey and I'll give you 30% <laughs> off the logo. So I'll give you half an egg. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you half an egg. So it's like, you know, so I, I, I think that's, but I think you're right, though. There, it's good to have that kind of mentality, though, that you're willing to do some free work. Yeah. I, I would I would tell people, I, I think some of the creative channels out there, you know, you'll have kind of people that are more experienced and successful saying, don't do any free work, never do free work, never do spec work. Yeah. Um, I. I, you know, I, I, I would I would say, yeah, I would agree. But like, stay open, though. Sometimes there's some wiggle room to get into something really cool. Yeah. if You're willing, willing to be humble at the beginning. Yeah. So that brings me also like to um, a more experienced level of free work um, that can sound now a little bit sleazy or like a little bit scammy because like, <laughs> well, got to be honest, you know, let's say you're, you're a photographer, you know, or a videographer and there's models they want to have, you know, it's I think it's called TF. P or like photos for you know, modeling basically or something like that. I forgot the term because I'm not doing a lot of like model shoots and whatever, but I know how to monetize it. You know, like let's say you shoot with a model for free and it's like, um, it's like, um, for the, the time, it's like the model spends time, you spend time and you mm -hmm. just trade services. But in the end, you could basically be like, sign this form and it's a release form so that you own all the rights to the footage. You could then upload that footage to stock sites. You could arrange the, the one hour with the model to uh, get like a sponsor where the sponsor is like, oh, I'll get some um, bikini shoots out of it. And you're basically getting paid from the bikini manufacturer for using a model on a free shoot. and That is like one of those things, like the more experienced you are, the more levels of like making a free thing work for you. But that mm -hmm. also needs to be communicated because it could turn really sleazy. If you make money, the model does not make money, you know? Uh, yes and no. I mean, um, it just depends, right? Because if you're the one that's organizing the entire thing, because yeah. Um, yeah, what's what's cool is you, you created a lot of win-wins, which is, which is a good thing to do. So the model wins... Um, you win and the brand that, that they're modeling for is winning. 
Um, you know, so I think that, that that's not a bad thing. I think like, you know, yet again, if everyone has their own because, you know, the model is responsible for whatever her free budget is just like everyone. So everyone's responsible for their own kind of free budgets that they're able to put yeah. into something. And and if you made a little bit of money on that, I don't think that's a big deal. Right. I mean, if, if people didn't make money in the nonprofit world for connecting free options, there, there would be half the jobs out of the nonprofit world to be gone. Yeah. That that kind of brings me back to like a topic. Um, I I don't know what you think about this train of thought because there's nothing for free, you know. Because I like, guess I shoot something for you for free, but what do I get out of that? So that should be your mindset, you know. You should not want to give something or get something for free, you know. You want to be like, why does that person wanting to work for free? You know what I mean? Obviously, it still can be a win-win, but you should be aware if a person is willing to do something for free, there has to be like incentive and you should yeah. be knowing what is the value of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if it's not, then it's just a gift, right? And are you are you going to just gift gift people stuff all the time, right? Um, and I think one thing too is disconnect your your own ego from the equation as well, right? It's not about yeah. you know you being the hero. It's not you about about you being awesome. You know, there's a point too where you need to just be like, you know, you're doing things for reasons, right? And and to help people can be one of those reasons, but yeah, you, you can't do it to the detriment of you. I think it's the old adage of when you're on a plane that's crashing, put your oxygen mask on before you put the oxygen mask on of the person next to you. If you lose money, if your business falls apart, then how can you help all these other people? So, yeah. so it comes down to that too. And feel free to communicate that. It's been interesting as I've been into some situations where maybe I was working for free or cheap and I just communicated that this is no longer helping me. And that I'm actually starting to, to lose because of this relationship. And you'd be surprised that as long as you you were real from the beginning, they, they may be very open about like, you know what, you're right. You shouldn't be struggling. Let's see how we can yeah. figure out how to make this better. Um, most people are open to that as long as you communicate it. Yeah. And it's also like, like having an attitude, you know, personality wise and whatever. Let's say you get into this deal. You're like, okay, you're all bushy tailed. Like you always say, you know, like excited. And you're like, let's create this win-win situation, you know, and like... You get sour over the time. And then, then it's like, okay, the client wouldn't want to work with you if you're sour for something you wanted to do. So it's like you have to be honest and you have to be able to communicate like, hey, this is not working out for X, Y, and Z. Still love you, dude, or whatever, you know. And mm -hmm. I like to create a win-win, but I need to at least hit those, um, those cornerstones or those right. benchmarks. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, and sometimes and this this will happen is that, you know, you, you give something and then there's a point in it where you start to realize we didn't estimate this correctly. I, I've been in some projects where I, I've given them a discount, but the project needed only be a month long. And then here we are at two months long because they keep trying to make it better and better. And I've I've had yeah. to have that awkward moment where I've had to be like, hey, so what I had promised before was doable. But here we are now. And we need to, the free, like essentially the free meter is running out, right? So yeah. if we keep doing this in a few days, the freeze out. And just so you know, I'm going to have to start charging you from this point forward. And I've, I've had to have that. And what's in, and yet again, is what's interesting is once you, as long as you're good at communicating that, not in an aggressive way, because I think a lot of people do that too, where they're like, they want to give a gift and then they get mad later. And then they're oh, mad at the say, person. Thank you all. Yeah. Or you're you're abusing this, and it's and it's like you know they may not even know that. So it's like half the time too. It's like even then, just being like really calm about it, and just and as long as you're communicating, you're calm, and that most people understand that that yeah yeah you can't you can't have your business fall apart while you try to help me. Yeah. Um, and so every time I've done that, they're always like, okay, cool. You know what? These things I was having a problem with, let's just dump those. Let's just get this done, and they kind of get really quickly to your level of like, yeah, what are we doing? I am wasting your time. Let's get this finished. Yeah. I mean, that's very powerful. Communication is like basically everything you need to do in business, you know, because that's how you get the client or mm -hmm. meet the client. If you have communi communication skills, here's me stuttering. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you communicate well and you're just like being honest, it's really easy to make connections, friends and relate. And yeah, will help. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, and I think, um, and I think it is, it is, it is really about just like quit, like creating win wins, and then and just really promoting growth, right? So, so yeah. what's what's nice, and I, I think you found this a couple times too, is 
is getting people to the place where they want to see you grow. I think that's a really cool place is when yeah. if you can get me to fall in love with your business and be like, hey, I want to see if it's a take this world over. Like, I want to yeah. do everything I can to help them. That's where it's perfect. And that's that's where free work should kind of get you. If you are ever going to do free or discounted work, it should be to getting you a really intense partner that literally wants to help you. Right. So some yeah. people I've done free work for the best cases, they'll uh, maybe I'll do free or discounted work, but then they're just going around cheerleading for me. They're telling everyone they're like, hey, this guy designed my website. This guy designed my website. And before yeah. you know it, like people are just coming in left and right from that one person. So so I would say that if like if you're out there and you don't really have anyone really cheerleading for you, you have to just go out and get all your own work. You don't really have any other clients that are recommending anyone else. That is a good way to get in is is do such a bang up job. Be so open to doing free and discounted work for someone who's important and connected and then yeah. try to communicate to them, hey, you have connections that I desperately need. So maybe that's their equity, right? I'll give you discounted stuff, but I but can you recommend me to your clients? Can you can you bring me stuff? And I think you'd be surprised. People may be open to do that, and that opens up a whole other world for you. Yeah. And I think like that's like one of the most powerful things, like having those cheerleaders, working with them, but also knowing mm. when you have a cheerleader and when you have like a drama client, because there's like both. You know, yeah. like you can't you can't be hired by a cheerleader and you can be hired by like a Karen and you're just like, ah, you thought everything is fine. You thought everything is cool. And if you don't have your ducks in a row, boy boy boy, you have the opposite. <laughs> Yeah. And, and one thing I would add to that is sometimes your Karens become your best cheerleaders. I've had that happen, which is interesting. Like, okay. like my, like my ability to, to, to handle, uh, cause, cause think about this. Like uh, nobody ever really wants to work with a Karen, right? So a Karen usually bumps around to, to contractors where, okay, this guy doesn't want to work with her. Now this guy doesn't want to work with her. Now this guy doesn't want to work with her. And then they land on you. And if you can handle it, whatever that crazy is, if you can somehow handle it and be able to compartmentalize it and move on and get projects done you're gold now you're the you're the only person that'll deal with them in the whole town so even if they fire you and i've had this happen they'll come back and be like i i you're the only one that'll deal with me please stay with me and yeah. so i've i've had some of my karens actually become amazing cheerleaders that once i just figured out what their tick was because people just have ticks and yeah. some people that once you can figure it out and get over their tick you're like you know what he's not trying to offend me this is just his tick yeah. then you're actually you're a good partner going forward that is, that is also like very powerful because like talking about this right now, it's like everybody is different. There is no normal. Everybody's just mm -hmm. like, you know, they're doing the things they do it um, and they live for like 20, 30, 40 years and they're set in their ways, you know, and it's not like that they're evil people, you know, they just like had their life experiences and that's why they do what they do. And it's like. We should be like very open to see like, oh, they see life in a different light and we maybe should mm -hmm. be like, mm, I maybe take a little bit of that and adapt it to my thing. Or maybe I should look out for that because there's maybe more people like this, you know, and you will get like a feel for personalities, you know, as people who are very like strict and very by the books, you know, that and whatever and then there's very, people who are very loose and they're just like, oh, yeah, I've come like somewhere around that time, you know, we're good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny is like I learned when I when I left art school, I thought all my clients that I would like the most were going to be the creative free bird clients. I was like, I was excited to work with those people, but they're actually kind of the worst clients in the world. Like, I I, I actually tend to, you know, who I love is the, is is the grumpy middle aged woman and men that that just want to get something done. They're direct. Yeah. They're like, here's the email of exactly what I want. Here's the timeline. I've planned way ahead of time. They're like very anal retentive, but I love yeah. that. It makes it so easy to work with. So it's funny like even even your idea of what your perfect client is may be wrong you don't really know until you start to get other clients because yeah like i said I, I when i left college i thought my perfect client was going to be the the artist or the or the this creative entrepreneurs some elon musk but but i learned is the, those guys are nightmares to work for it's it's a nightmare to work for like an elon musk right um or yeah. he's just barking orders at you he expects you to work intensely he's not being clear about his own communications and it's actually the boring people i love working with so it's like you don't really yeah. it's really funny it's it's the contrasting right like if you're crazy you don't need a crazy client. You maybe need the the, the chill client that's just gonna you know. So it's 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 chill kind of it like relationships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is very interesting. Yeah. Besides that, what is what moves your world right now, Sean? So to switch topics a little bit, we got. Do you say off that move tension. my wallet? Do you say move <laughs> my wallet? Your like world. 
my world. Okay, move my wallet. I was like, what's moving my wallet? Well, I mean, both is probably the same. (laughs) (laughs) Moving it towards the trash can. Um, uh, Yeah. So what's moving my world? You know, I'm I'm like you, and I think we can definitely dive into this now. Um, I'm in the growth spot now a little bit of of you know. I think I've I've had a few cheerleaders now start to blow me up with a few different of their projects. I've had a couple other projects start to blow up. And then I still have kind of some other things that are boiling in the background. And so now I'm in this kind of growth spot of like, like this month financially is taken care of. Next month's taken care of. Like financially, it's getting to that good place again where I'm not terrified that I'm going to fail. But... But now we're in that growth spot, right? Where like I just I just revealed like a little bit ago, like I'm behind on deadlines. We have stuff coming in. I'm I have stuff that's already been paid for, stuff that still needs to be paid for once it's finished. I'm in that kind of weird spot. Um, so I'm in that place now where I'm trying not to overpromise. I'm trying to because because uh, I also find that out. I think we've talked about this before. Is that when you start to miss deadlines, you start to be like, okay, well I'll get it to you in two two hours. I'll get it to you in thirty minutes. And you start to say stuff like that, and then two hours comes by, you don't get it done. And then you're now you're emailing them. Oh, I'll get it done in three minutes or ten minutes, and then ten minutes rolls by, still not done. And so you start to you start to get yourself in trouble, right? You start to yeah. really. So I'm trying not to do that now. I'm trying to stay quiet, but then if you start to be too quiet, you're that contractor that's disappeared. You're ghosting them now, and you're scaring them because now you're not talking to them at all. So. So I'm playing that weird dance right now with different clients and um, you know some clients I'm I'm just having to just ghost for a little bit some clients I'm, I'm like trying to work along with it's it's hard man I, I'm in this weird I hate being in this place to be honest where I'm in this kind of rapid this rapid shooting gallery of like okay onto this thing up oh, now I'm getting called up oh, sorry that this is late yeah. no, I'll get on that this afternoon meanwhile I'm about to jump on a zoom so I'm in that growth spot where it's like I'm getting excited I'm getting money everything's good but then on the other end I'm getting that like okay Okay, but then it's now nine o'clock at night and you've worked 14 hours today and you got to go to sleep now yeah. and you know, got to so. wind down and do everything. That is actually kind of interesting because I'm in in the same boat. Like I have I have a couple of cheerleaders who throw me um, gigs left and right sometimes but weddings and stuff like that. I'm like mm-hmm. I appreciate them and they're good people, you know. I'm just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, next month I got a couple." And I'm like, "Okay, we're getting there. There's more than before." And obviously, you win, you lose some. But talking about it's nine o'clock and you're you're overloaded and you have to wind down and I'm just like what should I do you know and I'm like okay yesterday for example I'm like let's let's pop up like Factorio play some video games and I'm just like it's kind of funny because like in Factorio you produce resources with a mining facility and you can improve that you know and you have to figure out how can you grow faster and you can grow like really 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 fast and if you just learn the game you barely just grow and I'm I'm like, oh, I'm in this phase. And I actually have no idea what the the next phase should be. And even that is not even optimal. So I'm like, I need to figure out, you know, I have like a business leader or a coach who could take me like, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z because X, Y, and Z is the most important. And right now I'm in that phase where I want to grow, but I don't know what is the most important. And now I'm like, oh, I need to figure out who did this already who can give me the blueprint for the most effective way growing and scaling. And now I'm like, oh, that's what business um, coaches are. And, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where everything comes together. I'm just like, because I did not know if I would like get now like 10 more clients. I'm like, okay, I probably would upgrade my website, probably would pay some editors to do stuff. But is that actually all that I could do? Or is there something else I could do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great. I mean, I think you're right. I think getting someone to mentor you would be very helpful, right? Like if there's a videographer that is more more advanced um, along um, and getting their advice, like what did you do to grow? Like what are things yeah. you had to you had to overcome? Um, how does it feel for you? I guess are you do you feel more excited about it? Do you feel nervous? Is it that kind of equal mix or? Yeah, for me, like right now, like with like the the stuff that's coming in, like. Um, I don't know if I lost a client because like, ha, the ghosting kind of sort of thing, but I got scheduled for something. So I'm like, huh, I, something is not lining up. So I have to touch base. What you always should do with like your clients, as Sean said in the last podcast <laughs> or the podcast before, I don't even know anymore, but um, I got a couple of weddings lined up. So I will be fine no matter what. So I feel happy and content. 
but now I have to make the work. <laughs> and I got like a free um, project that I can shoot and film and do all sorts of things with it. So a Chinese company sent me like a underwater housing for a diving case or whatever, like for your phone. It's like one mm. of those floaty bags. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we want a review. And here's a free thing. And I'm like, cool, I can do that in my free time. Now I'm like, I don't know when my free time is. And they're like, is the video ready? I'm like, what do you expect for free? <laughs> yeah, well, they expected something, right? They expected just a video. But yeah, I think that's where you get to the what What can be cheap, what can be high quality. Yeah. And so like the Chinese like um, case thing, that's a that's a can you get that to an hour? Can you literally record and edit a video I in an hour? But but obviously I don't want to. So I'm like, I want to take my time and make it right, you know? So mm -hmm. then it doesn't feel like, oh, if it's just uploaded like a Chinese review thingy and it's like, it's shitty, you know? Because the product is good and I like it, but it doesn't fit into my growth. And I'm like, oh, now I see the value of saying no to certain things where I thought like, oh no, give me everything. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because it's because the the dangerous thing is that you don't know what you start to say no to, right? Like I'm too busy yeah. tonight. I won't go to the networking event. I'm too busy. Well, maybe at that networking event, you would have found the client that would have spent twenty times more than any of these clients. And but yeah. you didn't go because you're too busy making free videos for Chinese companies. And so you know that's the thing is you don't know the the opportunities you 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 give up when you're overloaded. Like that's where I'm at too. And now now that I have my art on the side, right? That I'm doing the painting. That's a very obvious one too now where I'm kind of in my head, I'm like, this is great that I'm busy, but for every moment I have to do the web design, for every moment that I have to do these things, I'm not painting. And so that that goal can't get up to this high level um, until I have more room to do it, right? So like like currently, I, yeah, I'm working till 9 or 10 at night. So do you think I'm painting after that? No way. My like eyes are like, cro I'm like cross-eyed. I'm like done. I'm like <laughs> game over. And so, you know, so, so it's understanding that, right? Of like, like, could I do everything? Sure. But then like each of these things is not going to get very, get watered very much every day. It's like you get this pail of water every day, day and you can go around your garden and water each of the plants. But if you have a million plants, they're only going to get a few drops each of them. But if yeah. you just if you could just focus on one, if you could just be the king at that one thing, then yeah, you're putting all your water into one thing then. And so, you know, if I could wake up every day and, and literally just do painting every day, my paintings would be at a such higher level than they are now. I'd be in more galleries. If I used all this time to promote my art, get into galleries and paint and, you know. Yeah. Do you know the term speed running? Uh, for video games. Yeah, you brought it up before. Yeah. Yeah. So speed running is basically when you have a video game, you have a mission, a goal, you know, and you want to achieve it in the most effective, fast way possible. And people are timing it like, okay, I can reach the end of the game in 15 hours. And then there's people who are like, oh, I can do it like in 14, 13, 8, 2, 1 hour. And you're like, how do you get to 1 hour? And it's like usually when they break the game. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. if you do this and that, it's kind of a buck and you get to the end of the game. Obviously, mm -hmm. then you don't play the game as intended, but you will get to the end result. And what is like, yeah, in real life could function too in a weird way. If you're like, okay, if I get this loan and I do this X, Y, and Z, I maybe get to that end result faster but the legalities of everything is like if you break the game it's like oh you cheated you know somebody for something and it's not fair um but there's always a way of doing something faster and more efficient and i like seeing like how can you you know abuse a situation to your benefit in the most effective way legally speaking where it's like oh yeah this you can do that it's fine nobody really said anything against it Till like the government comes in and it's like, oh yeah, you, we you shouldn't do this, you know. But you have to look out for situations where you can grow fast. Yeah, well, a hundred percent. I think there's there's ways to do that that obviously aren't um, going to be illegal or that aren't going to like upset your system so much that people don't want to work with you. Um, but I think that comes down to can you frame the question correctly, right? Can you yes. see the fric friction points and then can you, right, with use of AI, with Google, or heck, even going to the library, you know, can, can you start to really focus in on what is the problem you're trying to solve, right? So, so like for me, like right now, what is the problem Sean's trying to solve where he has too many clients, not enough time, 
well, then it, it's it's where is the time? And that's where time tracking really comes in. I, I'm always kind of preaching that to use a time tracking app. It is really annoying when you haven't done it. If you're a creative out there and you've never done time tracking, I could see why you don't want to do it because it's another app you have to open. You have to type in what you're doing. You have to press the play button. Once you're done doing it, you have to press the stop button. And it, and it is annoying. But yeah. Oh my God, once you finally do that for a couple of months and you start to look at your own data, you start to see like, holy crap, I, I, I'm not only that, but you see like, I quoted 20 hours for this project and I spent 40 hours and the, the, those things you just don't know unless you're tracking it. Unless you, like, uh, there's projects you may think you worked a ton on, but then I do, I do the time tracking app. I'm like, yeah, actually, you only, you only spent eight hours total on this project. You thought you had spent 40 hours, but you only spent eight hours. It just seemed like 40 hours, you know? So, so I think it's that it's like, so, so for me, it's like figuring that out. Where are all the time sinks? Like, so for example, I just had a website that that got a little delayed. And what's interesting is the beginning of it went really fast. It was like, I, I was so impressed. It was probably the yeah. fastest I've ever set up a website at the very beginning. It was like in one day, I, I, I made 45% of the progress on this website in one day, which, was, which is nice. insane. But then... How, why is it now a month behind schedule? What happened then? Well, it's the middle of it. There was delays. And now it's now what I'm doing is I'm using the time tracking as I'm kind of even going diving deeper into that middle part, the development part. What slowed down in the development phase? Why did it go from I got most of it done in a day to then it's stuck around for a month? And so it's like forming that question and then so let's say i break that down let's say okay well i found out that it's when we did the e-commerce the e-commerce is what took up most of the time well now yeah. there's a problem for me to solve the e-commerce has taken too long for me to develop is it the checklists is it i'm using a bad platform is it the fact that the client's making it slow and and once you start to frame that stuff down then you can actually start to do those cheat codes like you said right it's like then you yeah. start to actually be like okay well then what's the cheat code to that what's the cheat code to towards this one problem yeah, and I, I mean with cheat codes, like I mean it like, you know, when something new comes out, like for example, Instagram Reels, you know, if you do short form content before it was hip, you would blow up, you get a million views because you said the right thing at the right time in the right format, for example. And that is like, you know, like that is like an amplifier of like, oh, the situation is getting like um, rewarded right now and you should just abuse it and just like pump that content and for example right now that type of content is about to die because people are like they're realizing they spend too much time on the phone and they want to spend less time on the phone and they want to be like real you know so this growth factor and this amplifier and this cheat code for the system is like getting diminished or normalized so if you make a reel you get like similar soon like mm -hmm. the same engagement as like photos where it's like barely anything because like then it's not anymore the hip thing you know nobody cares but obviously, yeah. stuff like that is like, you kind of take it, have to take advantage of a situation that is like, oh, got to abuse it as much as you can, you know, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's actually a great segue kind of into what I wanted to talk about with like understanding trends, right? Um, something that, you know, I, I think is it's always asked in interviews. It's, it's, it's always asked by like kind of like really sophisticated clients, but um, is the question and you should be ready if you're going to go into interviews out there, be ready to answer the question. How do you gain inspiration on in what you do and where are you looking to find newest trends in what you do? And if you can't answer that question, then you need to figure that out immediately, right? So if you're a videographer and you don't know where you're finding your trends, then you need to go find them. And if you're, if you're <laughs> I see what you do, I see what you do. He's lighting up that segue like he's like hitting it hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good with the segues. I'm pretty good. I'm a master. But you know, so so with that, you know, I think so. What so what's a good tool to do that? So 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 my favorite tool. <laughs> To, um, to, to find trends is Google Trends, I think. Um, that's something I still use this day. And it's funny how many people still don't even know about it. Or they use it, they use it when they need it. But it's like, it's definitely a tool that you should really yeah. use in, in kind of any planning. So, so if you go to trends.google.com, you'll kind of find this tool. So I'll go ahead. I'll share my screen a little bit. We could do a yeah. few trends here, which they're kind of fun to do. You're talking a little bit loud into the mic. A little bit distance is great for our listeners. But like, can I talk a little bit about Google Trends? Because like, um, Trends is like very interesting for many aspects. First off, if you write 
websites and or like blog posts for websites you need to know what's trending what you should focus on and it feels like kind of like dirty because like most of the time a trend is something that you're not passionate about and how do you deal with that it's like very interesting like should you do trend stuff or should you do what you're passionate about Well, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I think yeah, we, we, we hear trends as creatives and we we kind of get grossed out by it. Right. Because yeah. I think as cr creatives, we'd like to feel like we're we're original. You know, that's why we do what we do and we yeah. want to create something new. Um, uh, there was this there was this old terminology that I heard a long time ago that really stuck with me because I'm actually a Leo at heart. So for everyone out there, What um, is a Leo? you know. Uh, a Leo, you know, being a Leo in the astrological calendar, and I feel like I definitely personify this where I, I feel like I, I make the rules, right? That I'm, I'm kind of the king of this land and that like, I, I, you know, people kind of really need to bow down to what I think, you know? So I think gotcha. something cool, cool and creative should happen. Then that's what it's, it's up to them to figure it out. Not up to me. Um, but there was one thing that was told to me a long time ago in college where it was like, you need to, um, what was it? You need to surrender to the world's terms. And I, and I, and when I first heard that, I was like, what, what does that even mean? Um, surrender to the world's terms. But, but it, it's an interesting thing where it's like, if you, if you fight everything, because you're so busy trying to be creative and you're fighting all these trends, like, so AI is a good one. If you're just sitting here, yeah. like, I'm not going to be part of it. I don't want anything to do with it. I hate AI. If you're, If you're sitting there and you're fighting it, you're fi you're spending all your energy. You're you're running up this hill fighting it so much where where literally you could be spending that energy to to it utilize it or change it, but you're fighting it. And but it also hurts you. Like on that note, you know, the older you get, the less adaptive you become, and everything is changing all the time. That is just how things are. And like mm -hmm. I think like Google Trends, for example, is very powerful because like let's talk about it. If you create art content, whatever it is, there should be like a ratio of like very general content very niche content and like trending content because you will use the trends to show light of what you do you know what is your thing and if you don't use trends your growth is very slow so that's why it's like um, first off you don't want to fall behind of technologies because like everything is changing and you don't want to jump into nfts when it's already over or into like online banking when it's like already way too late you know um you need to you need to learn about stuff and you need to be flexible to a certain degree yeah yeah but but knowing yeah kind of knowing how things are tracking is so important so 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 i so so really quickly you said nft so i'll just go ahead and put it in here i just want to show people kind of yeah the, the power of of Google Trends. So, so, you know, first off, you can, you can really get into, is it a search term? Is it a topic? Things like that. I won't get into kind of being a power user of Google Trends, but so we'll just yeah. use the search term right now. And so what's cool about Google Trends is it's going to show you kind of what is the trends based on search history for this thing. So, um, so right now it's actually, there we go. So as you can see, um, this is kind of giving us a view right now of just the past day. So in the past day, it's been kind of dead. So that's not really useful for us. Yeah. So I'm going to go to 2004 to present. 2004 is when Google Trends started. So we'll do of all time. So you can see that NFTs peaked around January of 2022 is when NFTs had peaked to to its 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 crescendo. Max. Yeah. But now it's on the decline. Even now it's still on a decline compared to January of this year. It's on the decline. Right. So so you can already see now um, if you're somebody that's looking to get in the NFT market, you've already kind of missed that 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 up and coming part. Right. You've already missed yeah. that. So. So if we like kind of just go to like the past 90 days. So what's interesting is you can really start to break it down to, to even soon. So now what's interesting, we're seeing it. Why jump is here. it popping? You know, so now it's like. Popping. Yeah, so that that is like a, a interesting thing. I want to go kind of back to like the the trends and phases. You know, everything comes and goes in waves, and you know, like after something is established, it's a new wave, and there's a new um, season that happens where certain things are like more common. Let's say it's summer, sports, sports stuff. Like for example, sports injuries. Let's talk about like um, because I have a physician. Uh, can you Google like something like um, sport injuries or something? I think like that will be like, or knee injuries are like more popular in the summertime over the winter. I assume okay. right now, you know. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. Let me do, let me do that next. I, I had one kind of already ready to go that I think is just interesting. Um, another use case. So so let's park that. We'll do that next here, right in one second. Yeah. Um, 
so 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 real quick here um another thing is is what's the career right so so i know a lot of our listeners are young people right they're like what what is the creative career path to get into where you know so here's an interesting kind of comparison i kind of already had up here so let's say it was between being a web designer and a videographer where i can kind of start to see where is it tracking over the long term which career path is getting so who so this is how many people are searching for a web designer versus a videographer and what's interesting Web designer used to be winning by a landslide. Look what happened around 2015, though. Well, now web design is actually less sought after than a videographer if we're going by search terms. And so, yeah. so you start to really realize that if you're looking for a new career path, you'll actually start to use this stuff to kind of see what is on the decline, right? And so by looking at this, you could see that videographer has stayed fairly consistent ever since 2004, that the importance of a videographer, you could argue, is just as important as it was back then, where web design, being a web designer back in 2004, huge deal, where now it's it's less of a deal. But here, here's the thing too, like you can see like data in many tape, uh, ways, you know, because like obviously you could say like, oh, it's less searched after, that doesn't mean that it's not more important, you know, like you need the website, you need to have content on your website so you get booked, you know, and if you're a videographer and you don't have a website and you don't show up in the search for a location, like I think right now not, I'm not really doing, but it's like that would amplify your results, you know, so that means like you're a rarity unit or, you know, a, a thing of rarity, what could be more valuable now because there's less. Exactly. I 100%. <laughs> yeah, I also like how you hold the, the, the headphones next to the microphone. I hear myself. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're, we're, we're lo-fi around here. So so this is your sports injury that you talked about. So, so yeah. you do see this interesting spike. So like, so kind of like what Fitz was saying, this gives you an interesting idea of during the year. Well, it seems like more people are having injuries, um, are looking for it at the beginning of the year between January 1st and January 7th is when more people are looking at sports injuries than usual. Yes. So now um, I'm kind of interested because like I w would have assumed, you know, there's like when you do video work on YouTube, for example, there's the Christmas season. And if you do like product reviews before Christmas is like the prime time to make reviews. People are looking up stuff because they want to buy the right thing. And if you want to push content, it's the time to do it in the Christmas season, you know, if it's product related. And obviously... People consume less social media in the summertime because they're going outside. Can you do like MCLN injuries and stuff like that? I'm just like very curious. Oops, sorry. Uh, so, sorry, what, what kind of injuries? Yeah, knee injuries. I'm just like very curious for my one client. MCLN. M? MCLN. Oh, MCLN? Yeah. Yeah. CL. Yep. No N. Just the L. Or N. I'll fuck it up right now. I cannot spell or write. <laughs> yeah, just search and see what happens. Huh. This is very so, stagnant. Well, and which makes sense. You know, you wouldn't see a huge, you know, people are getting knee injuries all year. But yet again, you're seeing a little bit of an uptick, you know, just kind of in the last one. It almost upticks during the winter. So that tells you that more people are trying to deal with their injuries near to the uh, the winter. And that could be for a few reasons. Um, one of the reasons could be that your insurance policy runs out at the end of the year. So if you've already <laughs> used if you've already used your your deductible, then, of course, you want to get your knee injury checked out because you've already got you met your deductible and then it resets in January. So, so there's multiple things that could be kind of make these trends but if you don't know the trend then you can't really speak to it i can't tell you how many creative meetings yeah. i've talked to people where these creative people just pull stuff out of thin air well you know more people would be looking up sports injuries in the summer you don't know yeah, that you didn't look up the google trend you don't know if people actually are you just assume yeah, that that is very powerful because like you really uh, highlighted that right now and i'm just like yeah i would have assumed you know but it also could be like okay in the winter it's colder and it's more likely that you tear something because it's cold and you're not warmed up mm -hmm. you know the, the the reasons we don't know but we have the data and it seems like the data is repeating itself in you know and you can look up that type of stuff on google trends was very powerful and one of the things that you should do, like if you create content, is create evergreen content. And that is like content that all all the time will be searched, you know. And then you see like the seasons when it's like highly searched, like in the winter, summer, spring or whatever time. Yeah, yeah. 
A hundred percent agree. So like, um, so here's chat GPT, for example, for the last 12 months. So it's very interesting to see that it's, that it's, it's on the incline, but then it's starting to predict that it, um, that it's actually going to start to do its decline here soon. That's what kind of this dot, dot, dot is meaning is that right now it's tracking, like it's actually about to have its first decline. Um, but you, but you can just see here, what's cool about the trends. It really just shows like how quickly these things pop up, right? Like, so, so the chat GPT uh, really has only popped up here in, this last December and it's still tracking upward. Um, you know, and what's cool is if you start to look, you know, yet again, I'm an, I'm a new person. I'm new to the field. What, what's the right, what's everyone using? Right. So let's, let's go ahead and go in here and I'll put in mid journey really quickly just to see where we're, what, what they yeah. compare. Yeah. And I think like, this is also like a thing, like if you do like this type of research, you know, there's more and more tools coming out. And if you just like look too quickly let's say chat gpt3 is everything ai in your head but you don't know that there's more um companies starting more ai stuff you could mm-hmm. misread the trend you know so you actually have to do some work and research a couple things in that area you know it's not just like one term that you should look up there there should be like um firefly or yeah i think firefly is now the new ai thing from adobe i'm not 100 sure because there's like right. so many things like launching right now yeah you see that but you see, you're, you're getting the uptick though. So while there's a downtick of ChatGPT, there's a huge uptick of Firefly. So so you would say if I'm making content, I should I shouldn't be focused on the ChatGPT because it's actually about to go down. What's on the up is Firefly. Make a Firefly video. So so having this type of thing, I I say is so important. If you're at the beginning of a project tour, you're going to be doing any marketing decision because yet again, I'm always running into graphic designers who act like marketers or videographers who are acting like marketing people. Um, if you're going to start to make these big calls, where you're going to like, well, no, these people are searching this. I know it. Or this is the new trend. Go to Google Trends, get your research, take some screenshots to prove it. Because that's a, that's another thing, too, is people may not believe you until you actually have the graphs in front of them. But stuff like yeah. this, understanding trends is such such a huge deal. Um, something that I need to do more. But um, but I think, like, you know, what's good about our podcast is that we haven't been afraid of the trends, right? We really yeah. try to lean into them. Um, so on that note, though, like um, those trends, they're like, obviously, you can see predictions and it's like like a stock market. But you have to just do the thing you know like it, this is data that is in hindsight you know like you have no really like certainty like let's say you see the trend it's going in this direction but you should kind of stick with like what you think your intention is you know and should not change everything for a trend because like obviously if it's working lean into it but yeah it can help yeah. adjust well, hundred percent. I think you've oh got. I forgot what you've called it. Um, what's what's the term that you say when you stare at the numbers too much of analytics? It was like number fatigue or something. I forgot what you called yeah, it. Yeah. You had a name for it. But, I, I but yeah, but do, but don't give a hundred percent weight to anything, right? All of these things just feed your kind of rubric of what's what success is and what what you want, right? But but it's something, right? I think in a world that we live in, having having things to at least guide you is is huge, right? So so I know we've talked a lot off, off camera where you're trying to work on collecting. How do you collect data for your clients on on things you do, right? Because that's a huge deal. A lot of creatives yeah. don't figure that out. Of like, how do you actually show success? We can say it looks good, but did it actually get a sale and so i think you know uh, being able to get these tools set up for yourself and understanding things like analytics huge you know um understanding search terms and seo and what's what's trending right now huge um understanding getting feedback from clients and getting that feedback loop is it through surveys is it through questionnaires is it through things like that huge um cold calling like we've talked about and just asking people like what their thoughts are and and talking to people face-to-face networking it's huge so it's it all feeds into this network and yeah so you can't you can't put it all on the trends or all on the analytics or you know um but it's it's good to have stuff to at least prove your point especially in this world where honestly people don't believe people anymore everyone has access to the internet and i think everyone has 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 dealt dealt with people that feel like they're a master of something that they have no idea of so so it's like the more that you can be like no here's this graph here's some objective opinion i think that that just helps your case and helps you build your own kind of strategy 
This sounds like a very powerful that you, uh, thing that you just said because, like, yes, everybody has their opinions and everybody consumes like the stuff in their circle and that shapes their opinion. But you don't know like the um, the external view and how rare you are, or if you are rare, or if you're just like the mainstream person because you could think you are, but you're maybe not. You know, I run into that where I'm like, okay, I think if I like it, everybody likes it, but obviously, no, that's not the case. You know, like I like a certain type of movie where it's a lot of action you know and some mm -hmm. people like those really slow movies and i'm like i can't get the hang of it you know i'm just like this is too slow the build-up takes too long you know mm -hmm. i don't like that story it's not engaging enough i like i like more drama you know and you kind of have to be self-aware of like you don't know everything and you also don't relate to everything, you know? And mm -hmm. there's different markets out there. You may be just like a tiny bubble where other markets are a big bu uh, bubble where I'm like, I'm into metal and um, alternative um, stuff. And then there's like hip hop, you know? That bubble is giant, you know? And mm -hmm. I would not assume it is that big. And the, the search terms and trends are that impactful, but they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it comes down to to realizing you're not the target audience all of the time. Some of us maybe are designing or making videos or doing whatever for something we're personally passionate for. And for you people, that's great because you kind of are the demographic. But a lot of us, you're, you know, if you're making a, a video for a lawyer, you know, um, you're probably not their client, you know. So so that's the thing, too, that I, I, I'll get in arguments with creative people about where they're like, ah, I just don't really like that. I'm like, yeah, but you're not really the client. You're not really yeah. the audience, right? What does the audience like? Um, I've made plenty of brandings out there that I wouldn't that wouldn't be for me, right? I've made some like girl makeup company. I used to work for a, a female makeup company for three years doing their freelance stuff, and so yeah. it was lots of sea foam greens and gold and and woman looking beautiful and all these clean beautiful. Uh, does did that really invoke a response for me? No, but that's because I'm not the Wait audience. Wait a second, why not? You don't <laughs> like the girls? <laughs> well, I do love makeup, but. <laughs> But no, but like, but like, you know, so because it wasn't for me, it. it's like it was never it was it was for the client, it was for the audience. And and I think it's so funny is when people try to pretend that they're the audience. I, I know what 45 year old women want in America, dang it, because I'm a I'm a young white man, and I know it. And it's like, you, you really yeah. don't you really haven't done the test. You haven't looked at the trends. You haven't looked at the analytics. Yeah, but I think like it's also powerful to say you should schedule a time for experimentation. And in that mm -hmm. time, trends is like um, a thing because like they could flop because you assume the future wants this and you don't know if it will get that. And you should schedule like, um, you know, how much time you want to do on trends, niche content and like your general content, whatever right. it is. Well, it's, it's, it's just a great way to, to figure out value, right? So let's say, let's let's just give a quick example. So I go to ChatGPT. I say, hey, ChatGPT, give me 20 of the best topics on freelance design that I could put on YouTube right now. Okay, it does. It, it, it does things from like, you know, how to, to quote out something to a client are, you know, basic design principles and stuff. Fine, you have that. But then you're sitting here like, okay, well, which one of these is the one, right? It's just a bunch of things that could be good. Well, why don't you put each one of those into Google Trends? Each one of those yeah. things. Now you have a rubric of value. Now you see, okay, well, number 16 on the list is actually being searched for way more than the other ones. So why would I do the videos of those other ones? So it's just yeah. another thing to get in the process. It's because we're just in this place, right, where we have to assign value to things and it's hard on the internet. It's hard when we're just getting stuff from AI or we're just getting lists or we're just getting Google search results. It's hard to assign our own value to these things. What, what is good information? What's yeah. bad information? What should I act on? What should I ignore? Yeah, but but like I said, like having the ratio right is very important because like let's say you always jump after the newest trend that maybe will work and maybe doesn't because you never really you know establish the base of like this is the thing you do you know you're just like going after yeah. oh I'm not anymore a web designer I'm a videographer now oh now I'm this is like really searched you know and you just go with the with the flow mm -hmm. like there has to be some certainty to your actions. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you brought up kind of a good point there where it's it's not always about being ahead of the curve. Sometimes you can maybe plan to be behind the head of the curve. As weird as it sounds, you may be like, you know what? Oh, ChatGPT searches are going down. That means less people are going to make less videos, aka less competition now. So, yeah. so it's really just like whatever your strategy is, 
figuring that out and just, yeah, making sure that all of the things help you make an informed decision because you should be okay with being proved wrong, right? You should be like, yeah. you know, this is the way to go. Then you look at the analytics and just be proven 100% wrong and be like, you know what? That's great. Like, it's just like an experiment. It's just like experimentation is such a good thing, which you've, you've started to do too with all your clients of like yeah. of having this idea of like, why don't we experiment? Let's take, let's take cheap mistakes as much as possible. Let's make as much cheap mistakes and learn from them as possible. Uh, on that note, though, we, we did not really mention, is Google Trends free? Yep, Google Trends is a 100% free tool. Um, if you if you are part of the, the Google Cloud platform, which, which I am, you can get kind of a more... Um, nuanced view of the trends so you can you can do things like um, actually get like um, associated trends versed on that so if I wanted to do like two you know football teams let's say in trends it would give me associated trends kind of comparisons based on like okay well their merch versus each other are their stadium locations versus each other so so you can't pay for it but yeah trends.google.com 100% free everything you saw that I just did all I needed was a Google account to do so not a hard thing to get into your your loop really yeah so it's also like kind of like an interesting thing because like um with chat gpt3 people are saying search in general will be disappearing and i kind of disagree and kind of agree so i'm not 100 sure about it but basically instead of like typing into google how do you fix x y and z um you ask chat gpt3 to give you like how to do it step by step you know and it's not anymore a blog post and i'm like this is kind of interesting because you will not have the data and like the traffic is going away from google what is very interesting to see what is the trend with that <laughs> yeah let's look that up that's a good one let me let me put that in real quick because like it is one of those things where it's like the future is changing. <laughs> huh? Interesting. Okay, let me share my screen real quick. Yeah. So, so, so what I did you did, search? So I did ChatGPT and Google. So let me do this real quick. But very interesting. So, you know, Google is still definitely dominating. So Google's the red line and uh, ChatGPT is yeah. the blue line. But you're seeing it again that now that it's entered the market, you do see that the, the blue line is getting bigger and that you do see that the red line is kind of tracking going down. So, yeah, yeah so it's that kind is of interesting. So if you go into like with the mouse a little bit back, can you go to the second big bump? Yeah. This one, exactly. And as you see, like the one thing started to spike and in reaction, the red one goes down. Like the blue one spiked the first time and people mm -hmm. are like, oh, this maybe means something bad for Google if they don't get their shit together, you know? And that now you can kind of be like, oh, it does it affect the stock market, yada, yada, yada. Like everything is obviously priced in, in into the stock market, but it's like really interesting to see how everything is like coexisting and reacting to each other. Yeah, so let's look at something else too, because one thing that happened at the beginning of this kind of AI thing is Bing was one of the first people to announce that they're going to put their AI in. So I actually want to see something. Is there is there going to be a spike here of Bing at the same time? Yeah. So also like now you're like asking like about the competition, you know, and is Google like reporting everything correctly? I, I, I would say so. But yeah, okay. So you, see, you, yeah. you know, you don't really see much of a bump. So that was just more of a, uh, but yet again, it's things like that, though, you, you know, have these kind of yeah, theories and then test right. them. That can't be right. So I heard and heard a lot about Bing, you know, and it did not even make any spikes. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, Google, you know, so this is not where I'm like, I'll kind of get like a. Well, let's see. Let's take out. Let's take out Google. Let's see. So yeah, you do see the spike though. See, it did spike. It did go up. It was down here, and now it's clearly up here. So it did see a bump, but comparatively to to Google, it's not really 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 much yeah. of anything. And you know, and and so and I didn't really show a lot of these, but you can do it based on categories as well. So these are kind of cool to do. Um, you can you can do web search versus Google Shopping versus a YouTube search. So for you YouTubers out there. You know, it's nice to you can actually track this just to Google so we could see how much, you know, so in Google or I mean, in YouTube, I should say so. So in YouTube land, you could see that it shot up to a high level on YouTube mentions around that time. Um, you see, that's what I meant. Like, I'm like in that bubble. I'm just like, wait a minute. In my circle, it was big. And I'm like, then I saw the, the general graph. and I'm like, oh, yeah, makes sense now. Yeah. So, so it's cool though. It's, it's a really, it's a cool thing. You know, don't get lost too much in the weeds on it. I would always say just like analytics, don't get too lost in the weeds on analytics, but 
get in your process. Why not have that be part of the checklist? Why not when you when you launch something, check on it and see how it's done? Um, that's something that I've started to do, right? Is, is, is get things like this, output reports, take screenshots of things and be able to prove now to people that like, there is progress. There is things happening. There is a reason we do the things we do. And so, yeah. um, so to get back to that, yeah, trends, man, follow them, try to figure them out. Um, things c- come and go um, in terms of design trends, aesthetic trends, for sure. Uh, things come and go. Um, but definitely just keep track of it, right? Because why, why should we just be shooting in the dark on everything we do, right? Why should we just keep trying to make things that we think the w- world wants? Why not come to the world's terms? Yeah, to a certain degree, but you also got to stay true to yourself. And I think like this was now a good hour of like us podcasting. Sean, it mm-hmm. was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. We were true to ourselves. Thank you, everybody out there. Like, subscribe, follow, hit the bells, do all the things, send us monies, buy mugs, send us an email. <laughs> yeah. You we see the y'all. trend we're uploading every week. So see you on another one. Bye.